Hi, I'm Harriet Schock, and this is Andrea Ross Green, and we're live on Game Changers with Vicki Abelson. I'm starting by singing a song I wrote and put on my first album in the 70s, and it got just enough airplay for Helen Reddy to hear it on the radio, and then she covered it, and she had the hit with it. But I'm going to play it for you now. I wrote it on an airplane as I was leaving someone for the last time. It was one of the last times I left him for the last time. <laughs> Guess it was yourself you were involved with. I would have sworn it was me.
Harriet shop, and we're gonna we're gonna talk to uh, to Har Okay, so I am I, I was the lighting person during that that set, and so Pete's following me in because we're gonna sit down inside. And uh, there's no hips in this picture, right, Pete? No. There's no hips because my hips lie. Hi, everybody. I'm Vicki Abelson, and this is Game Changers. And my guest tonight is Harriet Shop, and I'm so happy that you're here. Harriet has been a, a stalwart women who write, woman who writes uh, for year, 10 years, I think, that you've been coming, and Andrea as well. And um, who's counting? Yeah, hi, Jay. Um, but. It, yeah, it's it's t because women who write's going into its it, we're in our eleventh year, and I don't think you guys came at the very beginning. How did you find, How did you find? I think Tracy Newman told me about it. Okay, and I, I have no idea how Tracy found found. Uh, all right, I'm I'm finding us because I want to say hi to everybody who's watching. That I I was watching the the names go by as you guys were oh, saying, yeah. and and Eileen Angel was saying I'm loving this. Hi Eileen, <laughs> uh, maybe it was Sharon who said that. Hi, Sharon Rothberg. It's good to see you. Hi, John Green. Hi, Phil Isaacson. Um, who else was I looking at? Linda Apsey's watching. Hi, oh, Linda. Linda. We love you. Um, Mary Cross uh, and Karen Page. Mary Cross? Cross. Is oh. it Cross? C-R-O-S-E. Yeah. Nancy. Nancy. Ke Ke what's her name? Nancy. Nancy Kello? Kalel. Nancy Kalel is in the house. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we have all our, 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 our friends. Well, a lot, well, not. Oh, Tracy's watching. Hi, Tracy. Hi, Tracy. Michelle, Michelle Freeland is watching. Michelle, I haven't seen you in ages. My neighbor. Um, is she? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, good. So, um, all right, so I'm trying to get us on here, too, so we'll be able to, to keep track of them. Oh, okay. No, because there's a delay. <laughs> but you were getting all kinds, look at this, we're getting all kinds of love. One oh, person that's... accidentally hit the angry face. You're not angry at us, are you? <laughs> not, why would you be angry at us? There's, Already, we there, haven't even done anything. I mean, we yet. haven't done anything. There's no reason Maybe to be later. angry. There's no reason to be angry at us. I don't know why it's doing this weird thing where it won't let me see, but I can see on here. I can so, see. Well, it's not letting me see who the... Uh, Oh, who, who's watching? Why is it doing? What about over there? So there we can. So I'm not. Okay. I'm not even gonna do this one. I, I, this thing's always giving me a hard time. I think time. this happened with Coco. You put something away. It, it, it's it's just time. driving me crazy. Before we before we get into you know Harriet's story, I want to um, I want to give a shout out to Rick Smokey who. Oh wonderful. Okay, now you guys were beneficiaries of Rick. Do you remember when we used to have swag every single month? Swag. Right. He would give us calendars. He'd give us pads. He'd give us. Tissue button. And I'm still using all the pants. Okay, the right? And yeah. so here's Harriet on, uh, on the tissue box with. I'm on the Kleenex box. Um, you're on the tissue. And you tissue. know what? You were with us the day we. The reason we got a tissue box is because the day that you sang, Mackenzie Phillips uh, read that very sad passage from her. That, um, that's when I met Suzanne Wong and she, she was there. And a shout out to Suzanne Wong. By the way, yes. on Sunday there's going to be an international. Yes. Um, what is it called? A uh, visualization. A visualization uh, for her good health, her perfect health. And it's right. at 2 p.m. Pacific time, I believe. But everywhere around it's the world. It's on all of our Facebook pages. It's on exactly all of our pages. To do it. Right. And we're all going to visualize Suzanne's perfect health and love her back right. for health. That's and right. so on this particular day, and here's Tracy. Here you are on the tissue box, Tracy. You did it with, with Jackie Collins. Yeah. And there's, yeah. So. I was there. Yeah, I'm sure you guys were. So anyway, this day that Mackenzie Phillips read to us, we, we were all crying, and somebody said, have that swag guy of yours, that Rick Smolke from Quick Impressions in Chicago, make us a tissue oh, box. Oh, I see that. And he did. <laughs> and 
Uh, that's amazing. And he's also made my bookmarks and he's made my business cards. And the thing is, he'll do anything for you. And if you ever need anything for any of your gigs, I don't, do you do printed? You do printed stuff. Oh, yeah. He has never charged an artist. He is a, oh, he's an angel from the heavens. He will, he will be happy to do something for you. Happy That's to. Wonderful. He's really an angel. And um, he's, he's, been, he's been doing, he is a wonderful man. He's because doing these the fabulous yes. PSAs for the veterans. And Rick, when you hear what, what Harriet and Andrea did for you for the veterans, uh, just prepared for you tonight. I'm really excited about it. So... Um, Anyway, so that's that's Rick Smolke. If you need anything printed out there and you tell them that you're a friend of, of mine, of, of Game Changers, of Pete George's. Hi Pete. <laughs> Pete Pete's busy checking the sound. Are we are we are we good sound, Pete? Sounds really loud to me. Okay, everybody out there, tell us if our sound is good. Linda's okay. having a hard time, but Who is? Linda. If Linda's having a hard time with the sound. But hopes that she can hear just fine. Um, Linda, I don't know. Hope, uh, let's make sure. Some people can't hear. Okay, if people can't hear, that's not good. We want to check that microphone and make sure that. Um, let's yeah, let's make sure that the microphone's good. Let's turn this sucker just all the way up, even yeah, though we don't know that that doesn't do anything. But let's make sure you guys can hear. Um, we're adjusting, so let us know if it's any better for you. Is that um, better? Yeah, let us know if that's better because the microphone's now. Uh, let's keep that. Oh, that's very. Alec right there. Um, and so also, besides Rick Smokey of Quick Impressions in Chicago, I have to give a shout out to my hairdresser, who I'm going to go see, um, Hair Crush Love, her fuck off hairspray. But, but Nicole, Nicole, I need a haircut. This is why I'm, I've gone curly. But you know, I've, I've, I didn't use a flat, I haven't used a flat iron in the last few days, and I've gotten really? more compliments wearing it just wow. natural. Um, so I don't know. It, it saves a lot of time and effort when it's I beautiful. just. Yeah, you like not even use a flat iron. No, this is nor this is curly. This is yeah, but normally I do. Normally oh, I, you know, every hair has to be and no, this I can just do whatever oh. I want. It's nice, but it, it looks a little messy. But you know, all right. So I got the feathers going on. So anyway, so uh, uh, Nicole Venables of the Ruby Begonia Salon in Studio City is just an extraordinary hairdresser and uh, only my hairdresser and you know for sure. And yes, for sure, this is not the color that I was born with. But, or nor would it be the color that I am now. Okay, so Harriet. Um, oh, David Lucky. Hi, David. I David love you. Lucky. I'm still waiting for my quote. All right. He knows what I mean. C Cynthia is is watching. Uh, two Cynthias. Nick Beck is watching all the way from London. Nick stays up in the middle of the night to watch us uh, live. Which Hi, two Nick. Cynthias? Um, okay, Cynthia, not Cynthia Carl. Okay, Cynthia, Cynthia Land. Land, yeah. And uh, there's another Cynthia I saw. Who's the, there's a Hope Hunter. Hi, Hope. Hi, Hope. Um, who's the other Cynthia? There was another Cynthia here, and now I've lost her. All right. Well, I, I Tova. Hi, Tova. Tova. Yeah, Tova. Yeah. I love Tova. Tova, you've got to come I back. I met her at Women in Right. Yeah, Tova's going to be back this month. Um, let's see who else. All right, I've said most. Bart. Hi, Bart. Hi, uh, who else are we seeing? I told everyone to comment, so now. Yeah, no, this is good. This is, um, Linda, can you hear now? I see that you're on there. Tell us if the sound is any better for you. I know you were struggling. Um, everybody, tell us, if tell Pete if the sound is is a problem. Pete, come on in here and talk to us about what you're doing. Pete's checking the sound and he's got, he's all plugged in. But come on over and say hello while you're, uh, 
Uh, hey, Pete. Hey. Hi, Pete. Hey, this is Pete George. He's the rock and roll comedian. That's what they say. That's what they say. That's what they say. So, Pete, what, what's coming up for you? We got anything we want to talk Nothing about? Nothing within the next week or two. Okay, so. Um, yeah, shows at the winery over the weekend were phenomenal. Excellent. In Temecula. Nice. And, uh, yeah, that's about it. You know. But you can always find Pete online. Uh, TheRockStarOfComedy.com, Facebook, Instagram, MySpace. <laughs> MySpace is making a comeback. <laughs> I should that's right. I'm still selling eight tracks on there. <laughs> so that's really good. Oh, that's really good. Well, yeah. Pete, thank you for doing this. Thank you. Yeah. Okay, so oh, Pete's, 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 Pete, Pete's going to be taking your questions, and he's going to be letting I will. us know. Yes. So, so talk to Pete. Talk to, to us and tell right. us if you've got any questions yeah. for Harry. Yeah, and he's saying, yeah, absolutely. Any questions you have, I will be reading them, and um, I'm single. Okay, anyway. <laughs> and he's and, so cute. And he looks like Rob Lowe and Robert Downey Jr. both. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That is, that's that's a mouthful right there. <laughs> you should go back on camera. Tracy Newman just say hi, said hi to you, Pete. Hey, and Tracy. Cynthia Land said hi to you, Harry. Aww. Nobody's saying hi to me. <laughs> so I don't know what the hell is going on here. Nobody's saying hi to me. You're a hairdresser. Oh, there's Sarah Nimitz is on here. Hi, Sarah. I'm Sarah. Oh. Sarah, I'm coming to see you on Friday night at the Hotel Cafe. Sarah and uh, and Snuffy Walden are going to be at the Hotel Cafe Friday night at 9 p.m. doing oh. a, an hour show with a they full are band. So good. They're so excellent. We have to get them back to the living room because yeah, Sarah's got definitely. Sarah's got a new uh, CD, out, a new album, an album. I still say album because that's where because I come. Because that's up. what it is. Andrea, roll yourself in here for a second and say hi. I think you're going to need to come around, otherwise you, we won't see. Uh, this is Andrea Ross Green, and for those of you um, who heard that beautiful song at the beginning, Andrea and Harriet have been performing together for how many years? Since about 2005 no. or so. <laughs> well, the, well they'll, they'll, they'll contradict We met in 2002. How'd you guys meet? Well, it's a long story. All right, you don't have to tell us right now, but... They are very, very good friends. They they do they write music together. They sing well, music no, together. No, we don't. We oh, wrote that one, one song. Oh, the one right. song for the serviceman. But you guys are, have, in, are in perfect harmony. And I got to um, co-star with both of you in um, Henry Javelin's The Edward. And how did you meet Henry? I met him. I'm going to tell that story. Okay. Hey, I always credit okay. you. Okay. I always credit you. Believe me, if it were not for you guys, I would not have had a... 60 seconds alone with Michael Imperioli on screen, which is the I took which, that picture. And you took that fabulous photo. Andrea took a fabulous photo. Anyway, so um, Andrea, we're going to have you come back and sing at the end of the show. I don't want to keep you on your knees. All right. Uh, that's what he said. I'm sorry, but I couldn't help it. I go there. You know, and Harriet, what's up? Rick Smokey. Hi, Rick is watching. Rick, you missed our whole tribute to you at the beginning of the show. You're going to have to go was, back and watch. Yeah. It was. It was Indeed. nice, right? Yeah, it was yeah. wonderful. We loved we what have, you do. We have really Jeffrey do. Wilson's watching. We, we have uh, Mitch Weissman. Hi, Mitch. The original Fake Paul is watching from Beatlemania. Were you oh, there when, when, when Mitch opened for Gary Marshall in the living room? I don't you, think I was. Wow. I, I can't believe it. I'm sorry. I'm, wow. That, you know, we had Gary. Oh, at, at, he was at the peak of his brilliance and handsomeness. He was so handsome the day he was in the living room. And... <laughs> And and Pete and and Pete and and Mitch did song, Beatles songs and uh, Mitch was the original Paul McCartney on Broadway and in the movie of Beatlemania and wow. he, he did she loves you and he was he's fabulous he shakes his head just like Paul um, I love you Mitch I miss you um, so anyway and Mickey hi Mickey 
Um, uh, oh, Rick is sorry he missed it. Rick, you know, the nice thing about doing live on the Facebook is that there's a replay afterwards and you get to watch it as many times as you want. We, say, we love you. Um, I also told Harry you're going to make shit for her for free. So, uh, <laughs> so expect a call. So expect a call. Linda's saying um, was fun when Mitch was, yeah, it was great. When, and Mitch, we want you back. We want you back. He was Mitch was supposed to come back and and sing with Isai Morales. Oh. Wasn't that fun when Isai did those Beatles oh, songs? Yeah. Oh my God, he was so. Fun. Andrea, we miss you at Women Who Riot. You have to come. I know you're working. But that monologue was the best thing ever. Felix Solis, unbelievable. Felix Solis, you are a monster. Um, that was right. Oh, I, I I don't know that I've I've never seen better acting. I, I I've I've seen other brilliant performances in my uh -huh. life on Broadway, but I've never seen mm. better. I'm so glad you had him do that monologue right? that you saw, and not some other thing that you exactly seen. You exactly know, I, because that when he was doing that. I know, or they say I love this song you do, but sing the other one. <laughs> yeah, no, that's why we had to have you open with "Ain't No Way to Treat a Lady" because you've written. Okay, I, it's, it's th like thousands, right? A like know, yeah. a ridiculous amount of songs, crazy number of songs. But this is the song, platinum record, gold record, Grammy nomination. I mean, that's huge. That's a huge accomplishment. Well, it gave my parents something to talk about before they died. <laughs> it's important to me that, you know. Yeah. Um, my father uh, passed uh, before Carl Reiner came to the living room, but uh, that would have been, I, I, was, I know he was with, us that day because I heard an owl hooting outside my oh, window and I'm I convinced know. my father was I there know. that day. Um, okay, so let's talk about you, Harry, because you know, I'm really excited about doing this show with you because I don't know much about how you came to do what you do. I know that, okay, so I, I know you have an accent. So where, where'd you grow up? Dallas. Okay. I'm from Dallas. Well, so were you a big city girl? Yes. Um, my chair's making, I'm making so much noise. I'm not doing that. It's just the chair. People think, oh, they say, oh, you're from Texas, you know, cowboy boots and hats. No. No. Cosmopolitan. The home of Neiman Marcus. Yes. Very Can we on. talk? <laughs> so that's where I'm Wait, from. Were you affluent? Well, um. Yes. Andrea's saying no, yes. No, no. I mean, I asked my father one time if we were millionaires, and he said no. And I said, well, are we thousandaires? And he said, yes, we're thousandaires. <laughs> he, was, he was a dermatologist. Oh, well, yeah. okay. So there was, yeah. there was, you weren't exactly impoverished then. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so that's good. So Faith Prince, oh, do you know Faith Prince? Faith Prince, I love you, and I'm going to get you on here and in the living room if it kills. Faith Prince was uh, Adelaide in um, A Person Can Develop a Cult, and oh. she won She won a Tony for She is a brilliant actress, uh, musical theater star. Oh. She's phenomenal. I love you, Faith. Um, so, uh, and I shall not rest. Hi, Cheryl Nimitz. I see you. I will see you on Friday night at the gig. Um, okay, so let's talk about... Um, you're growing up in Texas. Are you sick? In, in, thank you. you it makes grow, a difference. It does make a difference. Yeah. You're growing up in Dallas. Are you singing out of the womb? What's, are your parents no. musical? My father was very musical. He The dermatologist. Uh, yes, he, play, he put himself through college and part of medical school playing in a jazz band. He played marimba and cello. Wait, what is marimba? A marimba is like a xylophone with wooden... Mel, uh, you know, wooden, what do you call it? The yeah. thing you get yeah, is yeah. wooden, it's not metal. 
Okay. And I had it right over there until a few months ago, oh. my whole life. Wow. Yeah, but I could only play Whispering with three mallets, and I, <laughs> I wanted it to actually be played, so I put it somewhere else. And it's a wonderful studio, which I won't mention. You know, but the, I, I love that you did that. I had this fantastic Rickenbacker bass that was sitting in a beautiful case for too many years, and I had to finally give it to somebody who was going to play it. And yeah, well, enjoy his it. cello is at the same studio, and oh, now they're. It's so wonderful. Nice. Yeah. So, did your father do that all through his life, or did he stop? No, his father, who started the University of Texas band what? and the chemical engineering department. Wait, 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 yeah, wait, wait. My wait. grandfather. So, yeah. so your grandfather and your father are both science and and art. Yeah. Wow. And both my, sides of the My brain. grandfather. Uh, yeah, they call it the shock laboratories after him, the chemical engineering department. But he said to my father, "Well, what's it going to be, music or medicine?" So. He became a doctor, you know, and a dermatologist in particular. Which Do you think he had any regret? I think he really loved that I got to do it, Aww. you know, and we played music together. He played the marimba, I played the piano. Oh, okay, so when did you heaven. start, when did you start being musical? Four years old. He, he would play things on the piano mm -hmm. and he would show me chords and then I would play and eventually I'd say, I know, I know. <laughs> and I started playing by ear. And then when I took piano lessons, my I say to my teacher, just play it enough so I'll know if I even want to learn to read the music. So she'd play it, and then I would play it by ear and pretend to read the music. Because I never got that whole thing about the notes and the rhythm of the notes. and I mean, really, I can't. I, you know, I think this is fascinating. I took, I had to take clarinet. I, I, I had to take an instrument in, in junior high and band, in orchestra band, uh -huh. whatever. And I never learned to read the music. So I would put my hair over and I would fake that I was reading the music. And I was just, yeah. You were so I totally, too. and I yeah. did the same thing with typing, which to this day I still plot along. But so yeah. I relate to this. Well, my father blacked out all the keys on the typewriter and gave me a chart. Wow. So I can type like a demon. Wow, wow that's an interesting way to do it. Yeah, because I, I, I never hunt and pack because I don't, I just know where they are. Wow. Okay, I'm loving that. What's love weird is playing the piano and then going and typing, is some weird thing happens in your brain because you've been playing chords right, and right. you're... So you kind of type the way you, you kind of no, type rhythmically? They're totally uh, different <laughs> oh. and the mind has to do a severe about face. Interesting. Really? How does the mind do an about face? Um, I don't know, but I like that lyric. I like that lyric. The mind doesn't about face. I'm liking <laughs> that a lot. You have some extraordinary lyrics, and Tracy Newman. Hi, Tracy. Tracy did a, a beautiful write up of the of the show that we saw yeah, recently. Yeah, I that. really appreciate it. It was wonderful, and and I love the lyrics of yours that she pulled out. Um, I actually read them to a composer today, but I'm not going to talk about that. We'll talk about that another time. But, okay. Um, but I, I was really impressed with your, with, I'm so impressed with you. I mean, because I, when I listen to your music, I just listen to your music. I'm not pulling it apart. Right. You know, like, it'll move, it moves me, mm -hmm. but I don't, I don't like hang on to a word and say, oh, wow, that was really, but. I hope not. Yeah, because yeah, that takes people out of the experience. Exactly, but I'm in the music with you, but then yeah. sitting and reading it on the page, I was like, wow, that's profound. Oh, wow, okay. that's amazing. So, okay, so you're in Texas, you're four years old, you start to, are you singing too? When do you start to sing? No, well, the funny thing is, my sister actually 
didn't play the piano, so when we would perform together, mm -hmm. I would play and she would sing. So I thought that meant I couldn't sing, so I, I never sang oh. until I was grown and out here and wait, I, stop. You didn't sing your whole life. You weren't oh, in the choir. I was in a choir. Okay. Yeah, okay. I sang and stuff like that. And I would sing harmony on the bus. Okay, I how loved did you, singing harmony. How did you learn to sing harmony? I could hear the chords. You wow. know, you, I just I mean, I don't, I don't know how to sing harmony. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah, loved, loved it. And so. So you weren't taught. You just. No. You can't teach someone. <laughs> you can't give someone an ear. You can help them develop it. But, you know. Um, I just want to say right now, we're going to get into this a lot more later. Harriet is the premier uh, songwriting teacher in Los Angeles. She has taught everybody who's everybody who's written hit songs themselves. And um, at this very table, she teaches the class. We'll talk yeah, about that. Yeah, this is where I sit. But, um, so, so you I can teach somebody to, re to write a song. Well, that's a whole different thing. There's steps. I have a step-by-step -step method. Okay, we'll get to that. Yeah, later. we'll get to okay. that. But yeah, I sang harmony on the bus. So, but I never sang lead or anything. But I had when I was out here, I came out here. Why did you come out? Uh, I came out here married to an actor. Oh, oh, you ball. Yeah, <laughs> oh, and, uh, I was married to him. He was very nice, and we're still in touch. Oh, I don't think he's watching, but he was a, a good person. <laughs> he, it was just not right, you know. He mm -hmm. was an actor. I was a songwriter. So, were you, were you a songwriter when you came? When did I you was start trying to be a songwriter. What did you go to school for? English major. Okay. Well, that's totally related. Yeah, I was that an works. English major. And what did you want to be when you grew up? What was the plan? Well. At my seven years old, I'd go to the grocery store with my mother, and while she was shopping, I would be looking at the stationery. I thought, I want to write things on paper. That's all I knew. So oh. she would dictate out of books, and I would write the words down. That, to me, was really fun. Then, in the seventh grade, I started writing poetry. You know, I, it was so much easier than writing a whole long paper, and they let me do it, so I would always write a poem. And then even in college, I, I took a poetry writing course that where you go to the teacher's office, the professor, mm -hmm. and you just go over it and everything. And I thought, oh, I love writing poetry and I love playing the piano, but it didn't occur to me until I was in college. And okay, don't laugh, don't roll your eyes. I was in a sorority, okay? <laughs> I knew it. I'm sorry. Okay. I'm sorry. Well, well, you, you, know, you know me. Yeah, you know how I feel the about thing that is, stuff. I, I, I was in a, a girls prep school in, oh. in high school, and there were only 68 of us. In and that prepared you for that? Then. No, it oh. was like I needed something smaller than the University of Texas, where mm -hmm. there were, you know, 300 people in one class. Right, right. So I joined that, and mm -hmm. we had this kind of contest between all of them called, I don't remember, Stunt Night or something. It wasn't that, but it mm -hmm. was... And so I wrote the shows, and every time I wrote the show, we won. And I thought, God, wouldn't that be great? But no one does that for a living. So I got a teaching certificate not taking one hour of education classes. Hey, wait a minute. No. I had to take a lot of it. What did, how'd you get that? I, it was advanced standing. You just took the tests. Wow. So I got a double major but never took one class in it. 
And then a Phi Beta Kappa on the whole thing, you know. Nice. Yep. And then I thought, oh, how do I use an English degree? So I got a job as an advertising copywriter right out of school. Mm -hmm. And then right away I got a publishing deal. So. Okay. So now, how how did that happen? Well, I. I, the only place you could play original material in the 70s, at least to my knowledge, mm-hmm. was gay bars in, in, uh, Santa, on Santa Monica. And so I played this place called the Bitter End West. <laughs> you know, the Bitter End I ran New the York. club next door to the Bitter End in New York. Yeah, yeah but yeah. the Bitter End West was nothing like oh, the really? Bitter End. Okay. But, you know, it was... Different owners? Uh, oh, yeah. Uh-huh. It was uh, next to the Grieger Gaiety Delicatessen. And anyway, I played there every Monday night. And I would go in there and play the piano and sing my songs. And believe me, those guys were not there to see the white chick at the piano. You know, they were so not interested. So I had to enroll. You know, we have to turn these down a little. I think we're a little bright. Sorry, I think we're a little hot. I'm going to have we're a little hot, can't you tell? I'm going to have Pete turn it down, and I'm going to come sit this way with you. Okay. Yeah. So I wanted to enroll them in my song, so I yeah. started talking to them, and that's what unleashed the monster you saw the other night. Which is phenomenal. I do introduce my song. So anyway, yes. I started singing there, mm-hmm. and I went to an ASCAP meeting and ran into Roger Gordon, who was a publisher, and I said, why don't you come see me at the Bitter End West? And then I got a publishing deal. It was like, if I had known, it was really much harder than that. But anyway. How I, many songs did you have when you had a, when you got a publishing deal, approximately? Uh, well, probably not more than 15 or 20. I okay, mean, that's no, a lot. I just started yeah. writing. Mm-hmm. And um, then they took me to a record label and I got signed actually to Columbia. And then wow. during the Paola scandal, all wow. of Jack Gold was the man who signed me. All of his acts got dropped. Ooh. And then they took me to Russ Regan at 20th Century Records and he signed me. So I just got a car out of the first deal. And all since right. I'd gotten a divorce and he had the car, I really needed one. So anyway, I made three albums for Russ Regan at 20th Century Records, and on the first one was the song you heard in there. Ain't No Way to Treat a Lady. And so Helen heard it on the radio. She had the hit. And um, other people recorded other songs, like Manfred Mann recorded the title song. And so... uh, Hollywood Town. Somebody... I, I was listening to your... I was listening to your version of your songs from way back in the day today and well I was I was listening I in Hollywood like, Town I heard, yeah, I okay. heard you know a bunch of songs from that and mm-hmm. I was listening to stuff that that was you know stuff that has been around for a while yeah and your voice was you had this perfect pure pop voice mm-hmm. I mean I, I like a voice with character and you've developed you have character in your voice now which I love because it, it, it's who you are mm-hmm. but it, but in those days you had that radio voice uh-huh. you, know, you know you had that radio voice yeah yeah I know what you mean you know it was, it was funny I had disc jockeys saying you know I thought I heard your record and I thought it was a polished Anne Murray record I didn't know you really had anything to say until my wife made me take it home and listen wow. to it. You did have sort of an, you had that Anne Murray polish. Well, I loved Anne Murray, but she wasn't you had a writer. Your, and you had your own, you had your own sound. But I just mean it was a very pop, no, I, polished yeah. pop sound. Yeah, but I think 
see, it was the day that Carol King was getting played, and so they didn't realize I actually had something to say because it sounded like a polished record with so too many strings. And, uh-huh. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But, it wasn't just you and your piano. Yeah, and, mm-hmm. and a few instruments. Mm-hmm. So okay, so so what happens? To, are you you're making a living as a as a songwriter? Yeah, I, and as I an have artist, a publishing deal. Are you playing out around? Yeah, I mean, the first time I ever played really publicly, Russ Regan, who was head of the label, had everyone who was anybody mm. to a show at the Troubadour and introduced me. Wow. And I was so horrified. I mean, so this is what I said. <laughs> I said, you know, performing is kind of like sex. The first few times you do it, you're too scared to enjoy it. You got an idea there's something there you're going to like later. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I knew if I just told them how scared I really was, they'd be on my side. It was that's, That was a great way to say it. It was, it was heaven. I loved it. I, I was like a baby shark that had tasted blood when I heard that applause. I mm. said, oh boy, I'm in for it now. And so even at the beginning, I... I love the fact that you're a singer-songwriter who tells the story. That, to me, is what a, a show should be. Mm-hmm. You know, the great John Prine and Steve Goodman and all the people that oh, I love that I used to go you. see that, yeah. that, you know, would do that. And there aren't a lot of artists that do that anymore. So mm-hmm. it's really a lost art. And you're funny and, and uh, charming, as, as we know. And um, it's a beautiful thing. If you have an opportunity to see Harry, where can people see you? I don't know. Oh, well, June 2nd, I'm doing a showcase where I'm singing two songs and showcasing oh. other people. Okay, so yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll look for that. But yeah. we'll, we'll, always on the on the Women Who Write group page, Harriet shows, I hope, are always there. Yeah, they should always, always be there. there. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, and on Harriet's page, you should follow Harriet on, how can they follow you? Facebook, Facebook, you Facebook, just, yeah, yeah. And, and Twitter and Instagram, Twitter and, yeah, yeah, I'm everywhere. Except she shocked Harriet. It shocked Harriet on Instagram, which, yeah. Uh, so okay, so so you're you're married to an actor. You're out here. You're signed. You're, that was back then. <laughs> right. I'm married to someone else now. Yes. But uh, yeah, and I got well. No. Uh, is your whole got, life? We got divorced right away. Oh, I mean, okay. I wasn't married to him when I got signed to a record oh, deal. Okay. Yeah. And so all that time I was by myself, mm-hmm. and that worked really well for me. Okay. And uh, so much so that I thought I would never marry again. And if I did, he would have to live in the house next door. But it worked out. Oh, <laughs> I just got that. Yes. Yeah, like yeah. Uh, Jean Paul Sartre yeah. and Simone de Beauvoir. I know a few people who do down the street and no, that, that kind of deal. But anyway. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I was out here, and I, I made three albums for Russ Regan, who just passed away last year. He was beloved by mm-hmm. everyone who knew him. Mm-hmm. And um, I got, you know, a lot of airplay. Now, in those days, KNX-FM was a radio station. It played album cuts. Wow. And they played every cut on all three albums. I wow. mean, I can look at my ASCAP statement. They're all there. So now, is this like, in New York, it was WNEW and... and oh, I got played on that, too. Okay, yeah. so it's that kind of free... free uh, where the, where yeah. the DJs had their own... Yeah. Yes. Their own say. So they it were playing wonderful. all of your music. Yeah. Yeah, and that's how a lot of people heard them and decided to cover them. Okay, so yeah. let's talk about some of the people that covered your music. Well, Manfred Mann... Mm-hmm covered Hollywood Town, 
And um, is that the was that the first was that your first cover? No, song? ain't no way to treat a lady. Oh. No. oh no, wait a minute. Let me look at this. Maybe mm -hmm. there were some others. <laughs> so if you started with Ain't No Way to... That's a hell of a place to start. No, that's the way it is with you. It was cut by the Partridge family. Oh, oh my God. And when Shirley came. Board. That's yeah. right. Shirley Jones came to the living room and Carrie had got to, t to talk to her yeah. about that. That's so great. Yeah, and then Hold Me was in a movie and, you know... Um, so all that stuff was happening for you very early. Yeah. But the funny thing is, like, I had a publishing deal. They were paying me by the week my money that they were going to recoup. Right. they did recoup. Mm -hmm. But um, I hadn't had a hit yet, so they dropped my option. Then I had a hit. And they said, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> we didn't mean... And by then I was already gone, you know. Yeah, I love it. I love it. I love that. I'm just looking at... Pete, do we have... Before we continue, we're, do we have any questions yet for Harriet? Uh... We have one question so okay. far. Okay. Would you like to know what it is? We would. <laughs> All right. Uh, you have so darn many songs. How do you choose those you play in your show? Oh, God. That's a really good question. That must be a songwriter. Who asked that question, Pete? Uh, Nancy? Kalela. Uh, yeah. 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 Um, it's funny because I do entirely different show from the ones I've done before. Because I this time I had seven new songs, and I was determined to do all of them. That's so phenomenal. And I did, and my little orchestra is just so wonderful. Oh my God. So a part of it, Nancy, was I wanted to do the songs that they could play on easily. I mean, that they would sound right on. I have mm -hmm. flute. Cello, um, bass. Well, I, yeah, yeah, bass and uh, violin, mm -hmm. and so the little orchestra, you know, doesn't all play all the time. Mm -hmm. But when they do play, it was amazing. I get to sit in the middle of it. I have the best seat of all. So part of it is what would go together with all that, you know. Um, and, you know, people say, oh, you can't do all ballads. Oh, yes, you can, if that's all you write. <laughs> Actually, I have more rhythmic things, too, and I can divide it up. But mostly I think of uh, how the melodies will go together. And if anything is, like, um, too much like something else, I try mm. not to do them next to each other. You know, mm. it's, it's really hard. But also there's an arc lyrically, you know, you want to take people somewhere and bring them back safely. I, you know, I love that because a lot of songwriters don't think about that either. A lot of artists, they do songs and things that don't relate and the mood keeps changing and yours yeah. was a very, yours was a progression and a very, it was a trip. Was yeah, I think journey. what's different about, like when you said I tell stories and stuff, a lot of people will tell you exactly, like if the song says... My acting teacher, Gary Imhoff, he tells us, he says, like if the song says, I met a man, his name was John, we kissed under the moonlight. Then you tell them that, and then you sing the song, I met a man, his name was John, we kissed him. So what I, yes. what I learned to do in the mm -hmm. gay clubs, because mm -hmm. I had to get their attention, mm -hmm. I will create a riddle which the song will solve. But the riddle is in their life. So they have to hear the song to figure out how to Okay, so give it. us an example of what that might be. Well, like, have you ever been with someone and you just hit your head against a brick wall forever? Yes. You know, and you, you love them, but something happened in their life that they just don't get it. 
you know? And mm -hmm. so somehow if they're asleep for eight years, that slamming door can wake them right up, you know? And so then you either, there are a few of my songs I could do after that, but. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I have a song that starts, I can't go back and slap the hands of your mama. Mm -hmm. And I can't poison all those girls who did you wrong. So it's about how Perfect. I loved you, you just didn't get it. Okay. That, yeah. yeah, I get it and I like it. And that it also piques people's interest to pay attention. Yeah. And to really listen. Which yeah, I I've had men especially say, I had to listen because I knew that I was doing this to my girlfriend and I wanted to know how to solve the problem. Wow. That's great. Do you give the solution in there? I did. I told them, yeah, not to ever do that again. <laughs> that's a good solution. <laughs> I, I like that for a solution. But, yeah. <laughs> I bet that that's Don't do that. It that's hurts when I do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, that solution works for me. So, so your music is landing uh, so... Roberta Flack, how did that happen? Oh, um, I wrote with a wonderful keyboard person who's passed away, but his name was Smitty Smith, William D. Smitty Smith. Mm -hmm. And he wrote a melody, which I wrote the words to. It was called Happiness. And she heard it, and she recorded it on an album, and uh, that was a dream come true. And how about Smokey Ro Smokey Robinson? Well, you know, before that was Johnny Mathis. Oh. Yeah. God. He recorded a song of mine called Ooh What We Do. And I've never recorded the song, but he, I was in the studio with him because he didn't know how it went yet. So I had to sing it with the track they were oh cutting. Oh my God. And he had um, a friend there and he said, listen to these lyrics. He said, I drink up your liquid movements like I'm dying of thirst. <laughs> And I thought, I've gone to heaven now. Because when I was a child, oh. I walked around the house with these albums like this. Okay, I, we didn't even do that. Let, let's stop with who recorded your songs and go back to that. What was the music you were listening to when you were growing oh, up? Oh, my heavens. Well, my father listened to classical music. Mm -hmm. And then I would listen to... I loved Ella Fitzgerald, so I would listen to all the records she made of great composers like mm. Gershwin... Um, Rogers and Hart, Cole Porter. So even though that wasn't what was on the radio then, mm -hmm. I grew up listening to these great songwriters, and I'm so glad because you know that to me is <laughs> that's really good writing. Rogers and Hart, you know, Cole Porter. It doesn't get any better. Yeah. So and then you know then I and that informed what you do. Yeah, and mm -hmm. I mean I grew up with the Beatles like everybody else, and right. Carole King and Joni Mitchell and. That was very important, but when I was really little, mm -hmm. I heard these other people. So when you were a fledging singer-songwriter, what what was your, who was your model? Like, it, it, oh, I would like a career like that. Like, I did never you thought of, of that. Okay. Careers and that. Oh, no. uh -huh. I I loved. I mean, Carol King actually came to a show of mine. Oh. She called my publisher and she said. This girl's gonna be a superstar, and he dropped my option the next week. But it was what? Not, it was not related. I mean, he just he didn't hear a hit. He didn't know that he had one in mm. the the company. But she was so kind to me, and she she really loved what I did. So she was an idol, and Joni Mitchell, mm -hmm. and James Taylor, and mm -hmm. Don Henley. And, you know. So uh, what do you have? We're gonna get to your your songwriting thing, but. Does one come before the other? Does, does lyric come before 
music does one come before the other or is it different it depends you know it's funny i i can be at another piano that isn't mine mm -hmm. and i'll write like a whole different melody. and one time mm -hmm. like i just wrote the melody and then i put the words usually i will have something i want to say mm -hmm. and i'll start it that way with a little bit of a, a melody and a lyric but Frequently, I will write some lines of lyric first. But when I write with Misha Siegel, whom you sat with Hi, at Misha. my show. Hi, yes, Misha. she's lovely. Oh, yeah. We've written like 300 songs together. We're going to do a whole show of our stuff, too. But he sends me the mel He used to send me the melodies first, or he would write them while I was sitting there, and then I would write the words to it. But we've written a couple of shows since we switched over and I had to write the lyric first because it was for the musical. And you just, you can't just start with a melody when you're writing a musical. Right. I had to have, you have, to have the story, yeah, you know? of course. So we can write either way. And when Arthur Hamilton gives me a lyric like I was blessed to receive from him a couple of times, you know, he wrote Crimea River. Mm -hmm. he, he gives me the lyric mm -hmm. and it, it just leaps off the page for melody. Wow. And when Andrea gave me the song for the veterans that you heard, um, I wrote the melody second. Uh-huh. So whatever they've got, I write the other thing. Right. If they give me the melody, I write the... And you collaborate with a lot, you've collaborated with a lot of people. I actually mostly don't collaborate. I, I've okay. written you know, everything I've ever, pretty much you heard, Hillary Rollins... Mm -hmm. Um, Misha Siegel. Yeah, Misha Siegel and Arthur Hamilton. I, I don't oh, know okay. I a lot of oh, people. Oh, okay. But I have written with Kenny Hirsch and other people. Mm -hmm. You know, I just generally write by myself. Okay. So, okay, so what, so the artists that have covered you, so how did the Smokey Robinson thing happen? Well, Smokey sang mm -hmm. first time on a Ferris wheel, which mm -hmm. you heard the other which night. Which is amazing. But he sang it in the movie it was written for. Now, I don't know if you know the story of how that song got written. We were signed to Motown's publishing company, Joe Bat. Okay. And Suzanne Coston told us at the time, we need a song that does this, and it's a love song. So we wrote it. Mm -hmm. He wrote this gorgeous melody, and so I wrote the lyric. We took it to Mr. Gordy, Barry Gordy, mm -hmm. and he said, what did you write a love song for? There's no love scene in this movie. What are you thinking? So he put it on, it's two in the morning. He calls the head of TriStar and says, we are reshooting the end of the movie for oh. this song. Oh my. They rewrote the film and shot it. Yeah, no. I mean, this is like, wow. that's not the only story with this Wait, song. Wait, what, what film is it? What's the name of the Barry film? Barry Gordy's The Last Dragon. The Last it has Dragon. sort of a cult following. Mm -hmm. And uh, so it was at the end of the movie and Carl Anderson who played Judas in Jesus Christ Superstar, mm -hmm. sang the demo, and it was so magnificent. Mm. So Mr. Gordy showed it to Stevie Wonder, and he said, no, I mean, because Carl's range, you know, it's unbelievable. So Smokey is wonderful, but he is not a James Ingram kind of Carl Anderson type of mm. singer. He's right. a different kind of singer. Right. But he, he did a lovely job, and it was at the end of the film, which they reshot. That is crazy. Yeah. So so what other stuff like that? So uh, I know that Pippi Longstocking. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, the man who directed Pippi Longstocking mm -hmm. 
ran into someone who knows me at the um, celebration of finding the girl. They looked through thousands of girls oh, wow. and they found Tammy Aaron. Mm -hmm. And then uh, by the time they shot the film, they had to, you know, bind her breast because it took so long to raise the money. But <laughs> we had already written the songs mm -hmm. and her mouth was moving to them. So even though everyone else in town was trying to get this project, we helped them raise the money by writing the songs first. Wow. So You did it on spec? Uh, yeah. Uh -huh. um, well, we got paid but after yeah. they raised the money. So Ken Anakin, who directed it, met my friend and he said, I know somebody wrote Ain't No Way to Treat a Lady. And he said, I want her for my film because Pippi lives alone with a horse and a monkey and she's a feminist. <laughs> I thought, what? <laughs> Whatever gets you the job. You know what I mean? So I... Uh, I brought Misha into it, who ended up scoring the movie as well, and buying half of my duplex. <laughs> but anyway, it was Very wonderful nice. because he did a beautiful job with the score mm -hmm. as well. But what would happen with him is like he would write this great melody, and I'd go downstairs. We lived on two sides of a duplex. This oh. is where I got the idea. And downstairs for tea, I'd come back up. He'd completely written a different melody. I said, wait a minute. What happened to Pippi Longstocking? What happened to that? Because I would give him the title, and then he'd write. And he'd say, oh, no. Then I just decided, no, no. We're going back to that one, you know. So you have to watch composers who are like, especially if they're jazzers at heart, they always want to change everything. <laughs> but no. Are he, you a composer? Do you do you score oh, yeah. as well? well? Yeah, you know, I did a couple of Henry Jackson. Yes, I know that. Like We're going to get to Henry's film. But anyway, no, Misha's just, he just exudes melodies. Just, he could write a melody under any circumstances, underwater. I mean, the man is a genius, really. Wow. I would love to have you two together do women who write. Can you do that? He doesn't like to not. He doesn't like to play electric piano though. He doesn't. No, like he to, doesn't. Yeah. And, uh, what, maybe when we are going to do our show, we can. Right. But I, you know, I you still owe me one because I got. No, I know. Foot. Well, we're going to do it in the next couple months. Okay. I know. I know. <laughs> Harriet was supposed to do. You've done oh. it twice, but you were supposed to do the third one, and yeah, you broke your foot. That was yeah. not fun. Yeah. So I uh, didn't see Hamilton because of it. Really? I had tickets to Hamilton. Oh, no. That's not a good thing to miss. I see there's a question, Pete, from Sharon. You want to read us the question? Yeah, I've got quite a few questions. Okay, let's go. Let's have some questions. Uh, let me see. Okay. Did you ever dream a tune and wonder if it was original or something you heard, and yet it was your own, like Paul McCartney dreamed up yesterday? I have dreamed tunes. But I can't remember them when I wake up. And of course, mm. they're the best song I ever wrote, but then I never remember them. So, mm. no, I haven't had the Paul McCartney experience. Okay, and uh, what inspires you to keep writing year after year? <laughs> Life. Mm. I mean, that's what, that's, I just love the process of songwriting, you know, and so I write songs because I have something to say to somebody. It's usually that. Do you have you always gotten to have it land with the person that inspired it? Oh no, I I've written songs. I have a particular song I wrote for someone. He's probably come to every show I've done for the last thirty years, and he still doesn't know who's. No, oh, stop! No, seriously. Oh come on, men are so thick. Men, you're thick. I mean, come on, get with the program. That's crazy. And you've never said this was. I may have said it, but I'm not sure he heard it. 
Wow. Oh, well, yeah. that kind of says it all right there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. One more. Go ahead. What is your favorite song that you've written? Mm. Oh, dear. Wow. That's like, who's your favorite child? Harry. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. So, <laughs> Sophie's Choice. I love you, um, Samantha. You can take it. That's why I did that. <laughs> <laughs> I see your, your own children. Yeah. Wow. My favorite song. It changes, you know, um, over decades. But there is one song that is dear to me. Um, and I put it on three albums. Wow. Uh, because I don't know why. It's something magical in the melody or something. But it, it's called You Are. Oh, I love that yeah. song. It's the one no one can remember the title of. But Are you going to sing that for us? Uh yes. Oh, I am. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I am. You know, yeah, you are. And, and, uh, <laughs> you it, are. That's Andrea amazing. remembers. Harriet doesn't remember. By the way, hang around because before we go out, um, Andrea Ross Green and Harriet Shock are going to, to do another of Harriet's songs, uh, to end with. I want to say a couple of hellos. Nancy Daly's with us. Oh, Nancy and Daly? Nancy Daly is with us. Do you know her? Of course. Nancy did Women Who Write. Oh, hell, weren't you there? Yeah, I was love she Nancy. Was she with the other two women, or was she by herself? Because no, she, she was okay. by herself, right? I love But we her. have to have Nancy back. Catherine Nancy. McClenahan is on. Hi, Catherine. Catherine. Crystal Husband. Hi, Crystal. I will oh, see Crystal, you Friday. I mean, yeah. She's a Swedish. You met her yeah, at Women Who Write, right? Sure well, no, I knew her years before. Oh, oh wow. Oh, she's a friend of Kanga Lovrata, my friend. Okay, there you go. So, uh, Pete, was, did we get all the questions? No, we have oh, more. What else? Okay. Kathleen. Hi, see. Kathleen. Uh, let's see, what made you decide to teach songwriting, and when did you first start teaching? I started teaching oh, in... See, now they're asking my questions, 1986, but that's okay. 1986, um, and I... Why? What, what well, because uh, a man called me who was head of the department. Um, he's head of the Master Chorale. You probably know him. Um, oh, I'll go back to that in a minute. But okay. basically, I said it couldn't be taught. I okay. said, um, you can't teach songwriting. You either can do it or you can't. So the next year... Wait, go, but let me just stop you for a second. The first song you ever wrote. What was the first song you ever wrote? Oh, God. It, I was in the seventh grade. Okay. Yeah, I don't remember the name of but, it. But what, do you remember which you did first, lyric or, or music? I started with the melody and the lyric together, but as we all know, the second verse, you have to match the melody, so you have to have the ability to put words to music because the second verse requires that. All, in, you know, in grade school, I've been putting words to known melodies. Well, not grade school, but maybe sixth, fifth, and sixth grade. I, yeah, I started putting words to other people's melodies, but the oh. seventh grade, that was the first one I ever wrote. Okay. So, but I told him, it was Morris Lauridson, he's head of the Master Chorale, he's a brilliant composer. I called him Skip, because that was his nickname, and he said, you have to teach it. We're not going to offer it if you don't teach it. Now, we're talking USC, and they didn't have a department at the time. Wow. So I said, okay, the guilt squeezed me in. And then I'm in the studio the night before I'm teaching my first class, and I think, what can I, you know? Wow. So really, I was so unprepared, but the kids seemed to like it, but I didn't really perfect the steps. Okay, I was going to say, you have, you have a myth. Yeah, until, you until I stopped teaching at USC, because 
the kids were not motivated like my students now. You know, they were. It was daddy's money. It was a quick. You know, it was. Fun. It was. It was a few units that they're getting credit yeah, for. Yeah, you know, I could tell they weren't motivated. Although a couple of them were kind of talented. Anyway, so I did that for two years, and then. So I now, started. while you're teaching classes at USC, are you? You, you're not developing your, your method? Yeah, I'm developing you're developing method, it. You but are. I wasn't But just by doing it. But by doing it, you're, yeah. it's kind of coming yeah. to you how to do this. Yeah, and actually, I've been teaching for 33 years, and over those years, I've perfected it. Okay, so can you talk a little bit, of, without giving away, what people should come to your... Because then I'd have to kill you. you give and me, all yeah. those people who are watching. Right, so, so, so we're not going to give away what happens at this table. You can teach it? Can you teach oh. it to anybody? Yeah, I've actually had people who, many people who have never written a song. Most Suzanne Long, hi. Yeah, I believe Suzanne she Long. wrote a couple of songs. And Karen Gettisman, and many people. Mm -hmm. But mostly, my system attracts already yeah. good writers. Hi, Tracy Newman. Tracy yeah, there's, I, I can't even think off the top of my There are so many who take your class. Hillary Rollins takes your class. Yes, yeah, she yeah. does. She's an amazing uh, songwriter. My my class is my social life because I, I, once you get to know people that well, because mm -hmm. they write the real thing they're feeling, yeah. you know, it's great. So uh, I, I know I didn't answer that person's question. Okay, what was it? so answer the question. What was the question for you? Uh, I don't know. Why did I start teaching? Oh, why did you start okay. teaching? Yeah, why because then, yeah. yeah, that was why. Because they asked me two years in a row. Got it. We well, have one more. Okay. okay. Okay, this is also from Nancy. She says, uh, you co-wrote a beautiful song, She Thought He Loved Her, with Michelle Crow Malone. Uh-huh. She wrote the lyrics, I love this song, and your gorgeous melody has long lingered for me. Will you ever play it at some future show? Oh, yes, I do play that at shows. I just play different songs at different shows, but you weren't at the show I played it. But <laughs> I do love that song, and I love the lyricist, Michelle, and I hope that she's watching Hi, Michelle. Um, do we get through every, the the, um, the questions online so far? That's so far, yeah. Okay, so I have some more questions. Okay. So, okay, so are there other are there other people who have covered your song that you felt... Has anyone done it better than you imagined? Yes. Um, a number of people have sung Ain't No Way to Treat a Lady. I won't go into the versions that I abhor. <laughs> uh, by the way, I just want to say that there is nothing like a singer-songwriter doing their own work. And for me, your version of that kills. Oh, thank you. I mean, I have to say that Helen was very close to my version, and I loved what she did. And I loved the fact that, you know, I was anonymous all the way to the bank. But <laughs> um, Letta Mabulu, who sang in Roots. Okay. And she did the verses in Zosa, which is an African dialect with the clicking. Wow. And Herb Alpert produced it. You should look it up online. It is gorgeous. I wouldn't know how to spell it to look it uh, up online. L-E-T-T-A and then M-B-U-L-U. You'll give me that information yeah. and I'll, I'll put it in the, yeah. the notes it's, so people can find really it. It's really beautiful. She... She even did some interesting Wait, things with the mel oh I'm sorry with the melody and I yeah. didn't uh, expect them and so oh. usually I don't you know I mean I if someone is soulful they can do anything they want 
But if they change chords, do you have input that on this? Do you have input if somebody's going to do a cover of your song and you're not happy, you just have to deal? Well, once a song is out there, well, yeah. you know, they don't have to ask your permission or any of that. And mm -hmm. I, I didn't have input on anything, really. I see. Except, you know, I was in the studio with Johnny Mathis. Wow. Okay, so what, what, else, what other highlights have there been of people doing your music? Oh, goodness. Well, um, Jeannie Kendall of the Kendalls, they had lots of hits. Uh, it was a father-daughter duo, and they had lots of hits about cheating, strangely enough, because they were called... That's a little weird. The, no, but the Pittsburgh Steelers, they yeah. did, you know, uh, songs about that. Anyway, oh. they, they had, like, number one hits one after another but then her father died mm -hmm. and she did an album and she did a song of mine that i wrote with holly mathis i know i said i don't i don't collaborate i know so far i've heard three more people <laughs> you've collaborated with holly and it was called you just don't get me do you and it you know it charted and stuff and she did a beautiful job who else <laughs> who else what others what other artists? Well, I, I think I have a list of like all of, of a bunch of the the stuff that you've done with other people um, that other people have done of you that have covered. And is, is there any? Okay, so I know you can't talk about some. You don't want to call anybody out that you've hated, but there have been. No, I, I didn't really hate them, but yeah. there have been there have been some pretty bad ones. And a very strange thing that happened was. Yeah. Okay, first time on a Ferris wheel was covered by, you know, thir at least 35 people have sung oh, that song. I mean, not, they haven't rec all recorded them, but, who, you know, they've been sung it. When, uh, well, Rebecca Paris and Nancy Wilson. Okay, yeah. And I Carl saw. Anderson and Nancy Wilson sang it at Carnegie Hall, and that's a video to watch. Wow. Because he loved her. Wow. And they sang that. But, but what I was going to tell you, yeah. Uh, Jeffrey Osborne was recording a, an album, mm -hmm. and Clive Davis was, uh, I think he was <clears throat> recording him, and we sent it. And Jeffrey said that his first time on a Ferris wheel was not especially pleasant. <laughs> so uh, so Brendan Ogren, who, who was at ASCAP at the time, she said, so you rewrote it, didn't you, you whore? <laughs> she she meant it lovingly. Right. But, you know, the fact is, it, it was perfect the way it was. She worked for the publishing company. But, you know, you want a Jeffrey Osborne cut. So, yes, I rewrote it. And, wow. of course, he didn't cut it anyway. But one morning, I'm up, and I, I get this email that someone wants to cut that song. So I... I pulled the lyric out, but I pulled the wrong one. You pulled the one for I Jeffrey Osborne? Oh. It was called Distant Hill. And so I sent it to her, and she cut it anyway. So now there's another record out there. I don't even remember her name. but Wow, that's hysterical. Somebody wants to know if there's a polka version. <laughs> uh, of which song? Anything. <laughs> no, but that's a good category in the Grammys to to be because there are not many people in, in, in the poker in the yeah. poker category. I so you'll have to write a poker game, Harriet. So um, all right. So I'm looking at television programs that have had your. Oh um, yeah. Well, I have a, a a television show that I co-wrote the theme song for called Jakers: The Adventures of Piggly Winks, and it's in 30 countries. Oh wow. And it's it's just PBS, but if mm -hmm. if people have PBS kids, they can hear it. And so, what about films? What any favorite? 
We're going to get to Henry, other than Henry. Well, I loved Delta Force 2 has a song I call it at the end of it called The Winds of Change. <laughs> and it was supposed to happen when they dropped the drug dealers out of the plane. <laughs> but Your mother must be so proud. <laughs> but it, it, when it actually plays, it's over credits. And I thought, no. It was a, but anyway, it was fine. And, you know, Delta Force 2 was a big credit and everything. Then one day I get an email from a guy who's, who's got a gun video. He's like something of, you have to understand I'm from Texas. This doesn't bother me at all. Oh, oh okay. He's got a gun video and, uh -huh. and he wants to use my song in it. And I said, okay, you know, whatever. So did anybody ever ask you to put music to something that you didn't approve of, that you didn't want your music associated with? Well, it's not a matter of associated with. Sometimes the lyrics just... You know, they don't move mm -hmm. me in a way that I can think of music, so I turned it down. Mm -hmm. So now composing. So how does how do you meet Henry Jaglum and how does that relationship start? For those of you who don't know, Henry Jaglum has how many movies does Henry have? Henry seventeen. Seventeen movies. Henry uh, edited Easy Rider. He was on Gidget. Henry's got the most varied, fabulous career. But uh, okay, so how did you meet Henry Jaglum? Well, a long time ago, I went to see him with a script. Oh. His cinematographer and Misha paid me to write. And he was very nice about it. That's when I met him. He may or may not even remember that. Mm -hmm. And then years later, I would go see Andrea Markovici at the Gardenia, and he would be there. So I kind of knew him like that. Mm-hmm. And I mentioned to Andrea, you know, Henry Jaglan. So she saw that he was speaking at Rocket Video. And she said, you know, that man who read your script years ago, you should go. I said, I'm not going. I, she said, go. So we went. And I heard him say, I only make movies because I can't write songs. And I thought... I oh. only write songs because I can't make movies. I am so going to work with that man. I just had that kind of intention. Wow. That, you know it's going to happen. So I spoke to him, and I, I he was doing a, a movie called Going Shopping. Mm -hmm. and his, his women's trilogy, part of the women's yeah. trilogy. And I, I wanted to write a song, and so I sent it to him. He never got back to me. I didn't know that he didn't do things like that. So I, I asked him again, you know, and I finally sent him a, a CD and his son, Simon, uh -huh. really liked it a little bit. He said, you know, that, that's got something. And I... What's the first Henry a, film that your music was in? Going Shop. Oh, oh, it was a Going Shopping. Yeah, okay. I wrote the theme song and then I underscored it with just piano. Um, and then how many films have you done with Henry? Since? I think five, but one of them I was just in, you know, um, it was 45 minutes from Broadway, yes, just 45 that. minutes from Broadway, but I did none of them, no, there was no music of mine in it. Uh-huh. And then the M-word. Yeah, the M-word, I wrote the song, and Andrea singing it at which the is, end. Which is fabulous. Yep. And you scored that as well. I scored you? it. But what was really, uh, no, I didn't really score that movie. I, I scored part of Hollywood Dreams. Mm -hmm. But... When I was in the play of Just 45 Minutes from Broadway, this was one of the highlights of my life. Every night before I went on, everybody was getting their hair done and stuff. I was talking to Henry. Henry had
his stories? Oh, about? well, I've interviewed him a few times, so I can say I know that to be true. <laughs> but for one year, every night we wow. went on, I would talk to him for an hour. Wow. So I was just like, whatever book he was reading, whatever he was doing, I just wanted to hear him tell me. You know. Wow. For those of you who don't know, Henry wrote a book called My Lunches with Orson. Henry had lunch with Orson Welles every day and recorded their conversations and it's been transcribed and it's an amazing it really he's got amazing stories book. about Orson and Yeah. And uh, so Gary Imhoff mm -hmm. directed the play that Henry wrote. So after the play was over, I was, you know, going through withdrawals, not talking to Henry, Aww. but also not hearing from Gary. So I joined his class, and I've been in it for six years now. <laughs> so uh, do you audition for other things? Oh, not really. I mean, I did one thing, judge somebody, and I got that, mm -hmm. where you do improv these actual cases, you know. Okay. But it was fun. My case won. I mean, my side won. <laughs> nice. Winning is good. That's um, true. Tommy Moore. Hi, Bob Nelson. Oh, my God. I was in an improv company with Bob Nelson in 1980. Really? Uh, 1983. A laughter company. And, and Eddie Murphy started in that group. Oh. And uh, Rosie O'Donnell. I replaced Rosie O'Donnell because we're so much alike. But Bob was the creator of uh, it, and and um, Dave Hawthorne, who was Billy Crystal's partner before that, was a member in it. And Vinny Mark, it was yeah, fantastic. Oh, Hi, that's Bob. great. And um, so, okay, so getting so getting more current. So songwriting your classes every yeah. week. Well, I should probably say that, you know, during the 70s, I made those records. During the 80s, I worked with Misha Siegel okay. and, and had another publishing deal with Motown's publishing company. Uh-huh. And then in the 90s, Wait, I Wait, so you guys weren't... You, you guys were scoring... You guys were doing for TV and for film? No. You were doing... It was so writing songs. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then we did that one movie that had Ferris wheel. Then in the did 90s... You, wait, wait, I'm sorry. One more question with that. Did you guys have? Did people record your songs that you wrote with Misha? Yeah, some of them. Okay. Uh -huh. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So in the '90s, I met Nick Vinay in 1991, who mm -hmm. was an icon in the industry and had discovered everybody from Linda Ronstadt. Oh wow! You know, um, the Beach Boys, Bobby Darin, Jim, wow. Jim Cro Croce, and so he wanted. He loved what I did in the 70s, and mm -hmm. he said, you've gotten away from that. It mm -hmm. wasn't so much what I did with Misha. It was that I was doing kind of mindless R&B. I don't know what I was doing. You disco, were? I can't well, imagine Disco that. came in okay. at the end of the 70s, mm -hmm. and I, I, I sort of forgot who I was. When I met Nick, he reminded me, you know, you're a songwriter. You don't, you're mm -hmm. not just this one little thing you've become. So he had me start writing songs again, and he really made a huge impact on me. So I made three albums with him. Mm -hmm. Let me see, I made, uh, no, American Romance and Rosebud, but two versions of Rosebud. And then I wrote this book. And, Let's show it. Yeah, and his wisdom is throughout because I was working with him and quoting him quite often. Becoming Remarkable. Becoming Remarkable for songwriters and those who love songs. Okay, show the book so they can see it. Hold it up. There you go. Okay. And inside it is the Rosebud CD, which oh. has the lyrics in the back of the book. Fantastic. And um, so 
it, that was a, a leap for me because, you know, you don't do something for 10 years, you forget who you are, you know, but he completely rehabilitated that part of my creative wow. abilities. So then I started performing again and, you know, Megan, so, and it's been ever since, you know, but really the 90s started the new me, the and, old me. And so the new old you, uh, what is the new old you today? What, what is that for you? Well, What's I your life? Just, What's your love? Um, I love the writing. Every t Whatever I'm doing, I think this is my favorite thing, you know, when I'm writing Writing's my favorite thing, but dear God, performing. You know, I, you, you could tell how much I love that. Fantastic. So, um, and, and when I'm teaching, and you would not believe the wins I've had in teaching recently. I mean, Thanks. people saying that, you know, their lives have changed, that they, they want to live. I mean, stuff you wouldn't believe. I mean, it, it, if I never heard another good thing about my teaching, this week I've heard enough that... Wow. It was worth it for 30, however long, 86, 33 years, yeah. I've been doing it. And this week I just had two people tell me things that it was like, okay, it was all worth it just to hear that. Wow. Um, any standout, I mean, I know all your students are standouts. Any any songs that, that came out of this room that uh, you're really you're really proud, you, you have? Well, I mean... I mean, a ton of Tracy time. Newman alone. Aww. I mean, you know, Waffle Boy, are you kidding? <laughs> and I mean, my baby's baby. She's, yeah. she's a master. Yeah, she's fantastic. You know, she's I was amazing. talking about her today. She's but amazing. I mean, she was good when she. <laughs> I'm like the photographer that everybody says, how do you get those pictures of tomatoes to look like that? He says, well, I have people bring in tomatoes. I say, no, no, no. I get the perfect tomato. I take a picture of it. I find a great songwriter, I start teaching them, and then I take all the credit. But actually, she, I think she may have learned something from me, but she was always good. Mm. You know? Anybody else stand out? Oh, God, I have so many good students. I, know I don't want to leave. I know, I know. Just, just pick one more out. Okay. David Lucky's okay. pretty great. But he's never studied with me. He's threatened Wow, I thought he was yours. No, I thought I met him for you. Love to David, you have to study with him. Oh, oh, are you yeah, kidding right. me? He needs me. <laughs> uh, so tell, no, tell me tell me somebody oh. else. Huh? That's hilarious. Oh, I thought. Um, well, do you know who Nita Whitaker is? I don't. She, she's an amazing singer. Oh. She used to sing all of David uh, Foster's oh. demos. She... she She's a wonderful writer, too, and she studied with me. You should look her up. She's oh. just brilliant. Is she still around? Is she still in yeah. LA? No, she's, she's not studying with me right now. Mm -hmm. But um, I, Laura Joy Gold, Kevin Kelso, mm -hmm. Betsy Jackson, I mean, Hannah. Do you know? I know everyone you just mentioned, I don't know Hannah. You don't know Hannah Weiss? Mm -mm. It's C H A N A. Maybe that helps. No, but anyway. She oh, has yeah. written so many musicals, so right now she has two musicals going to New York. Wow. And she's just like, unbelievable. Wow. And Hillary Rollins. Oh, Hillary is unbelievable. Yeah. My Monday class just, it rocks. I'm, I'm not kidding. And so how can people, if people out there are aspiring, how can they get in your class? What do they do? If they go to harrietshock.com and, and contact me. 
And um, yeah. So now they don't have to or, be or prolific. message me on Facebook. Okay, and but they don't have to be prolific songwriters to come in. They can have never written a song, yeah. correct? And yeah. See what it does for the novice, you know, mm -hmm. the person who's not an experienced songwriter, is it keeps them from making all the horrible mistakes that most people do. It gives them a step-by-step -step method that gives them a seamless song the first time. Of course, they say, oh, well, this is easy. They don't realize that I've saved them 10 years of doing it the way they would have been <laughs> But that's okay. But uh, so does least... everybody leave your class with a song? Yeah. I don't have, you know, I don't have to break bad habits. That's why I like people who have never written a song. Uh-huh. But, um... But like Tracy says on the video she made about my play, she said, there are songs you'll just write, but the tough song, the one that you really are having trouble with, the steps make it so much easier. Wow, that's good to know. I like that. I can tell you want to write a song. I'm, I'm t I, I had, a, I had, a, I had a, a, a phrase today that I wrote down that, here, tell me if this is a, if this is a lyric. I wrote it down today because it, it um, let me see. Um, I can't love you more and care less. I don't know, but it just came to me today. I said, I think that's, I don't know if it's, I don't know what it is, but it was, I said it out loud. And Do I you said, mean to, you can't love him more and simultaneously care less? Correct. Yeah, I can't care less for you and love you more. I, yeah, that's what I mean. Mm-hmm. How about if I couldn't care less, I might love you more. I like that better. I like that better. See, that's why you're a teacher. Yeah. That's why you're a song teacher. No, so the teacher. good thing is, in my class, you don't start with a title. Titles are very important, but you you want to communicate. And my steps keeping keep you communicating at all times. Most people, they can communicate perfectly, but then the minute they start songwriting, they start speaking a language they don't speak fluently, and it sounds like it. That's interesting because when I write articles, I start with a title, uh -huh. and I mean I have I have what I want to talk about. Yeah. But usually the title will come to me first, and it'll be the one that'll stick. Sure. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, people can barely say the pen is on the table in the language of songwriting, and they want to talk about the meaning of life. So if I keep them communicating in English instead of songwriting, they end up with a song. That's very interesting. I like that. Of course, the music is a little different. If they have no ear whatsoever, there's a way I can help them write a lyric to give to someone else. But if they have an ear, even if they don't play, mm -hmm. I can help them. Wait a minute. So someone can come in and write a song who doesn't play? Yeah. Because there are instruments all over the place. You hit one note, it plays a whole arpeggio, you hit another note. You don't have to know how to play, but you have to be able to hear. Right. You have to be able to sing it, to, to communicate it to yeah. someone else who can play it. Yeah. Yeah, that okay. too. So, um, Pete, do we have any other questions before we go hear some music? Yes. We do? Okay, let's hear them. What are they, Pete? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let me see. Did you ever... Hi, Michael. Have you ever had any other career besides songwriting? Well, I have eight earning careers right now. Um, yeah, I, I'm a songwriter. I'm a performer. I'm a recording artist. I'm an author. I'm a teacher. I'm an actor. So, uh, yeah, great. I've had a lot of careers, but not... 
I think you mean before I could make a living as a songwriter. Mm. Briefly, I was an advertising copywriter. Mm. And I still hear ads that I think is great. Like, um, I saw a billboard the other day I thought was really clever, but now I can't remember it. But anyway, <laughs> so I'm still kind of thinking, like, it's interesting because headlines and titles are very similar. You have to give them a benefit in the headline. You have to give them something, you know, to reach for in the title of the song also. I like more that. just popped up. Go ahead. Uh, what's your favorite movie of 2019 so far? Hi, Josh Sussman. Oh, my God. Oh. I love movies that I go every week. Okay. What was it that I was raving about? <laughs> Dear God. Uh... I, I have to think about that for a minute. It'll pop into my head. I'm so sorry because I do love movies so much. So so tell us a couple that you've loved in the last year or two that have really oh, stood know, out for you. Andrea and I started watching Malice because it was from the 90s. Uh-huh. But I'd never seen it. I've never it's, seen it. It's got... Oh, it's got... Um, who all is in it? it I know nothing about it's Malice. It's got Anne Bancroft. Wait, oh! And Bancroft. Who was the main guy? Um, oh, and, and Nicole Kidman. Oh. And, you know, the brother. The guy. You know the guy. You know the guy. Look it up. You know the guy. Alec Baldwin. Alec Baldwin. Oh, that guy. Yeah. That oh, he guy. was so cute in the 90s. <laughs> um, my husband went to college with him. They were at, at, at really? Lee Strasberg together at wow. NYU. Yeah, they were in the mm -hmm. same class. Yeah, not, not bad company to keep. So we are going to hear a song now. Okay. Um, and uh, so tell us a little bit. Of, Harriet's a wonderful singer-songwriter who tells us about her music. Jim Croce, you mentioned, by the way, I saw him at Carnegie Hall. Oh. And um, he was the opening act, and he only had one hit out at the time. And I, I think he opened for Cat Stevens, but we were so mesmerized by Jim Croce. He was a singer-songwriter who told we've told I mean he told the whole thing he would tell he would talk for a half hour before he would like sing the song like 20 minutes before he'd sing the song it was and then by the time he sang the song it was like oh my god it, it was amazing yeah oh I'm sure yeah no Nick worked with him and uh Wow. Yeah. So, but but you you do a lot of that when when you perform. You do a lot of telling the story. The, the, the song becomes so much more important and precious because we understand what it is. So tell us tell us. Do, do you want me to? Which one do you want over and over and over? Which we gave. Well, I think. It, well, why don't you do both of them? Why don't you do over oh. and over and and okay. do uh, you, are. you are yeah. Okay. Uh, I'll tell you about over and over and over because. Okay. I live in this duplex and I have for so many years <laughs> and when I first moved in an elderly couple was upstairs and I was afraid I was making too much noise and so I was being very silent as much as possible and one day uh, the woman called me and she invited me up for fruit and I thought well <laughs> she's in her 90s maybe that's why what do they eat you know so I went up there and um, I was so impressed by how positive they were about their their lives, their children, their grandchildren, their pets. And I, I, I came home and I actually was inspired to write a song for them. So I called her and I said, Faye, I've written a song about your marriage. I hope that's all right. And she said, well, it certainly can't harm the relationship. <laughs> and then she said, everything only makes it better. And I thought, God, this woman is so smart. So 
they got all dressed up and came downstairs to hear my song. And I played it for them, and I gave her a lyric sheet, and they were very polite, and then went back upstairs. And then she called me and she said, you know, we just read the lyric. This is really good. We couldn't hear when you were playing. <laughs> so then I didn't worry about making too much noise. <laughs> All right, well, let's go hear it over and over. And thank you Harriet. I'm going to say this now. Um, I'm going to bring a light with me so that um, Pete is going to follow and we're going we're gonna to go inside and, and uh, we're going to get a little mini concert. We're going to get a couple of Harriet Shock songs and Andrea Ross Rings rejoining us. And uh, let's go close so people get a good, uh, a good view. Yes, this is what I played at the very beginning if you've been with us from the beginning.
sound, but we're going to keep going anyway. That was so beautiful. <laughs> tell, so tell me, um, tell me, tell me about the next song okay, you do. Okay, so uh, is the sound too weird? Or no, I don't think okay. it's too weird. Uh, All right. I hope it's not too weird. We still got a lot of people with us, so I think All we're okay. Right. Well, this song was written during a window of opportunity when I was calling someone. It was the beginning of a new relationship in the first argument, you know, so... I knew I could either just make him wrong and sing it in public and publicly humiliate him, you know, do all the horrible things that songwriters do, or I could get underneath all of the anger to the fear and vulnerability. And I think that's why this song is so important to me, because I did that. And I wrote it during the time that he wouldn't pick up the phone when I was trying to reach him. It's called You Are. Pete was saying it was going in and out. Yeah. 
And, and uh, it was fine, and then it would okay. be going back. So. so I'm sorry for that. Uh, we're live on Facebook. We are uncontrolled for this. But I will give you links so that you'll be able to hear those songs. There's no static on the record. There are no. There's no <laughs> static on the record. Or in the shows. And I will give or in the shows, and I will give you links so that you can uh, purchase Harriet's music on Spotify. On well, you don't purchase on Spotify. You just oh, oh yeah. Because, uh, <laughs> Thank you so much again. Pete, thank you so much. Yay. And thank you all for being with us. We'll see you next week.